Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And you're listening to The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. Oh, snap. I was not getting audio in the headphones for a second, but you know I gotta go. Oh my God. Hold it. Hold it. So much better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Geek Down here on WEMF, brought to you by CSJ Promotions. Check them out on Facebook at CSJ Promotions. Well, slash CSJ Promotions. And by Out of the Blue Art Gallery. Check them out at outoftheblueartgallery.com. So hard to remember, right? <laughs> it is hard to remember. That's why I'm glad you do it. I get it. All right. Well, I am Pat B. In the house, you've got my man next to me, the only referee to outbox the champ of 17 states. His name is Black Adam Willis. Hey, man. What's going on? I'm cooler, man. Just pulling plugs and, you know, fighting the slugs and plug. anything else that'll rhyme here. I got, I'm on my Don King today. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling all right. His spiky gray hair going. Oh, his <laughs> way wearing a hat. Is that what maybe, you maybe tomorrow. Maybe yeah. tomorrow. I'll work out. I'll work out some Elmer's glue for the locks. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, we're not alone in the house. You just heard a man chuckle. That right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, just like, oh, you're trying to. He's trying. Okay, when he's not in class, he's risking his ass. His name is just Johnny. Yep. Hey, thanks for joining us, buddy. All right, and let's not forget the most electrifying man in show business. His name is Amy McCobb. Oh, yes, hello. How you doing? Hello. Greetings, mortals. Hey. All right, and also the man keeping us sounding crisp and delicious. We thank him. We appreciate him. His name is DJ Mikey Mike. That's right. That's correct. <laughs> Welcome. All right, we have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you kids, as always. A bit of my tongue and a power through it. That's how serious it is. Yeah. But first, got to start off on a bad note, man, on a bad note and a sad note. A character actor that I've known for a long time, and honestly, we were talking about it before the show, did not know why. Uh, Abe Vigoda passed yeah, away. Yeah, man. Which is a, it was a running thing for most people. Is is Abe Vigoda still alive? And the answer was yes, but yeah. of course not anymore. He uh, he passed away. Of course, he was ninety four, right? Ninety four, dude. For twenty years though, he has been the pinnacle of old Hollywood yeah. jokes. And by that I mean like when you think about someone who's old in Hollywood, first name you always snap to was Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda, yeah. Second I mean, because when was... you watch you watch like the The Godfather or something like that, Abe yeah. Vigoda was old. He was that. old in The Godfather. Yeah. He's one of my favorite char- uh, you know characters in that movie. You know he played. You know, he has that line. He's like, "Hey, Dom, can you get me off the hook for old times' sake?" Ah, I wish I could. You know, and then he takes the car ride to his death. You know, it was, yeah, freaking guy, man. He stands out in scenes. I, don't, yeah. I can't think of a single starring role he had. Right? I'm sure he had them. He was a character sure actor predominantly. Yeah, yeah, mostly. But I mean, I think we we talked about this where we we knew him most recently because uh, with Conan O'Brien. Yeah, because <laughs> Conan I, O'Brien would always would always clown with him and stuff like that. And I remember he showed up at a. Was it with the Comedy Central roast of Hugh Hefner yeah. all those years ago? And it was kind of funny, and it was like everyone was kind of riffing on him, and he would sit there, and he had that blank stare. He's like, is Abe all right? Is everybody checking on him? You know <laughs> what I mean? This was like right after like 9-11. They're like, oh, everyone's trying to do their part. You know, even yesterday, Abe go to try to enlist at Old Navy. I thought it was one of those jokes that <laughs> cracked me up. It was, <laughs> no, he was a cool was guy, perfect. man. Cause I, I, and that, that right there illustrates a point. He was okay with being, um, uh, well, taking part in those jokes, being the butt of those jokes, because he knew who he was. Yeah. He knew he was old, but he also was good humored <laughs> about. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. I'm saying he was good humored about. Sure, absolutely. Folks. He reveled yeah. in who and what he was. Yeah, and, and was did like, not see it as an insult. He saw it as a celebration of. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was again first and foremost a character actor coming out not just of you know we knew him as a lot of like you know surly old dude surly old italian dude but his mm. background was actually comedy originally so i didn't know that yes dude i learned something um That's I why remember, it's easy to laugh at him because he was all right with it 
Well, I know. I remember he was. Uh, he he would always show up at Conan. We, we, we yeah. mentioned that. And the thing is, he wouldn't be on the show. He wouldn't. Be, he wouldn't have any business there. He would show up specifically for these gags. Right. He'd be like, "Oh, here's Abe Vigoda riding a tandem bike, you know, with somebody." And then he'd like come out, and he'd be like, "That was it." And that was all the Abe Vigoda sketch you need. You know, a two minute gag about how Abe Vigoda is old. It has no business in the show. We crowbarred it in. He still drove or flew or I don't even know how he traveled to the studio just for that gag yeah. for two minutes that day. Yeah, it was like. He was he was used kind of like the masturbating bear or like the puking Kermit or something like that. We should that. all hope like, for such fame for in our lifetime. We've also we've bear. also introduced puking Kermit and masturbating bear in what is essentially the obituary for this man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Again, I, I should only hope that when yeah. my time comes <laughs> that you are have ascended, listed alongside of such legends, yeah. such no, delights. No, no, you you, you got to get something different. It'll be like the anti-Semitic Hasidic Jew. Um, <laughs> it'll be the giraffe. With a sore throat, who sings for a metal band? Are we just playing Mad Libs now? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'd be exactly interested in that skit, though. No. Yeah. Um, but Abe Vigoda, my favorite skit he did on Conan was they introduced him. They, it was in a flashback. They introduced him. He sat down and like remember that time we played a prank on Abe Vigoda, and and Andy's like, yeah, yeah, I do remember. And they go to the flashback, and he's like, I'd like you to welcome Abe Vigoda, and he comes out and he sits down next to Conan, and you hear, <laughs> and, and he's like. <laughs> We put a whoopee cushion down there. And Andy's like, um, no, not yet. And he's holding the whoopee cushion. Oh, uh, it was good. Oh, yeah. It's All right. So Abe Vigoda, character actor, a very notable performer in Hollywood and longtime prestigious career. Uh, dude, we will miss you, man. Rest That's in peace. That's great. 94, yeah. Pour one out right. for Abe. There we go. Yeah. Um, okay, and the next news story. Uh, the Family Association One Million Moms protest the Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a random story that came out today. <laughs> Sorry, I never actually read that out loud. And when you say it, this cracks me up. Yeah. Well, it reads a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah their breadsticks are ridiculous. <laughs> um, One Million Moms is an organization that's... Uh, it's, My favorite. It's a, they're more about the purity and sanctity of media. And they're uh, actually uh, petitioning... Well, let me just read the story here. Hold on. <laughs> One Million Moms has started a phone and email petition to the restaurant chain Olive Garden, <laughs> urging them to pull their sponsorship of the Fox TV show Lucifer. <laughs> their reasoning, now this is special, their reasoning is they claim the show is spiritually dangerous, quote unquote, and glorifies Satan as a caring, likable person in the human flesh. It's because he's hot. It's hot Satan. Uh, it's hot, hot Satan. Satan. For those who Satan. don't know what Lucifer the TV series is, it's an adaptation of a character that originated in Neil Gaiman's Sandman series mm-hmm. and then went on to have its own uh, solo series, which was actually quite good. And yeah. uh, I, I did see the, the pilot episode of Lucifer, and it uh, was actually surprisingly good and uh, pretty faithful to the source material. That was unexpected. But the point is that for those who need to know, it's, it's, it's hot Lucifer. It's sexy Lucifer. It's sexy Satan. And this group hates fun and uh, and good food apparently and you know they don't want <laughs> real you stuffing food. your pockets with breadsticks while you worship the devil right. I don't understand why I mean if anything the devil would want you to imbibe as much Italian the devil is I mean, the head chef at <laughs> yeah, the one responsible why their cream for sauces are so good I yes. know have you had that food it's rich <laughs> they, almost they really sinfully go, delicious they really go out of their way though to hate ridiculous things well I think that's a surefire sign of you have but, you really have nothing to, to, to well, protest right now. Do I was you, actually going to say, this, this is the the one that makes the most sense of any protest they've had. This, this the is literally, well, here's the thing. It's <laughs> them supporting literally the devil. So to be fair, <laughs> they're upset that the Olive Garden is supporting 
actually Satan on TV. So I feel like for once they're actually angry about something that but they're angry makes about sense. Olive Garden, which is so ridiculous. Like not Olive Garden, not <laughs> such a family centered <laughs> restaurant. Like, I'm just pull save your the money. sanctity of pull your support. I'm we like, implore you. For for those out there, just know that I'm like crying, laughing, yeah, thinking is, about people in, protesting Olive Garden because of the in devil. support of a TV uh, show about the devil. This is this layers. It's quite, quite the predicament right there. It's uh, they're. It's a fictional TV show, mm-hmm. yet they don't want to admit that Satan is a fictional character because then that questions other things about what their beliefs are. Well, I love the whole thing. They're, they're not just saying it's Satan. You're supporting Satan. It's No, you're portraying Satan as a likable guy. We can't have that, all right? He's got to be I know, a dick if it was, he or he's be, nothing Yeah, you can have unse- not sexy Satan. That's okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I remember the movie Bedazzled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, now you're just being rude. True. I'm sorry. Look, Elizabeth Hurley Angel did, it. Did, it, did it for a 23-year-old Brandon act. Fraser's finest hour. Oh, Actually, Where's that was a damn funny movie. I, 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 that I'm and Monkey Bone. Come on. Does, does oh, this oh, okay. fall you stop in that line? right there. That is not okay. Does this fall in line at all? Anywhere close to you know South Park trying to do... Um, Muhammad, you know, depicting Muhammad in no. a cartoon. Is this? I don't know. It, that seemed is like this legit. kind of similar, no. like, like you know, you know, uh, over the top, you know, uh, extreme. No, Muslims I'm, I'm, are I'm, I'm going to say about no that. there. No, Adam and I had a pretty serious the same thing as extreme Christians. He's a Christians. devout Muslim, but uh, well, that was are. serious. Uh, he's not. No, no. I mean, um, the women are in the Million Moms. Yeah, they're they're, they're extreme they're Christians. So it's kind of like the same thing. Well, this whole thing is about a, a, a no. portrayal of the devil as a character type. Yeah. That was a portrayal of their god, which is against um, the, the, the tenets of their religion. It's that was meant South to be, Park, though. No, but it was meant gonna to be, be anti- very. It, it's going to be very comical. Well, yeah, no, but that with, was with meant to be not direct, with, Yeah, with not South Park, it's, it is. it's deliberate. Versus yeah. here, Olive this Garden sponsors a, sh- a show. Yeah. And these people said, we don't like what that show presents. They just want to sell so, some breadsticks while they show Hot Satan. Like, why is this too much to ask for? They yeah, just want even... a spicy meatball to go along with their dark lord running a nightclub. All right, well, these cats aren't even attacking Fox. They're going straight for Olive Garden, which is a sponsor of a show on Fox. Fox. Is a That's like saying, you know what? Stop running these commercials. You know who'll take it up? Papa John's. Well, it's, a, it's a smart tactic. Go I after mean, the sponsor. That's where the money is, right? Man, I believe. Well, they're like, we'll go after you know this restaurant because they answer our calls all the time. Fox doesn't. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we this, we, this we, we book reservations design. there all the time. We they're can't fight Fox, but Olive Garden. <laughs> but Olive Garden, they'll, the they'll at least pick up our phone calls. <laughs> this is a cleverly uh, uh, disguised plot. All right, to settle for free endless bread bowls. That's, That's what I'm thinking, man. <laughs> know, Maybe right? a settlement's involved with this group, you know? Yep. They're tired of attacking Harry Should Potter be, people and stuff You can like buy that, me so. off with yeah, breadsticks. Yeah. I mean... All right, we'll just put a neat little bow on this story. Um, despite <laughs> the criticisms uh, and the protests by One Million Moms, Lucifer still debuted... Uh, Lucifer's debut tied Rosewood as the highest-rated launch this season. So and it's super good. Yeah, what million moms? Well, this many people are going to watch our ad. That's what they're saying. Right? Well, they're I think like, the, yeah, screw yeah, these moms. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't give a damn. They got to sell not, those. We're going to advertise anywhere we can. Oh, it's twisted. Yeah, you, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank. I'll be here all week. The Intrepid is going to have a Starfleet Academy interactive kind of event. I don't, I'm not sure how long it said it's running. I don't know if they announced that yet. I believe it starts in September, mm. and it's in order to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. The Intrepid, which, for those who don't know, is already an interactive air and space museum, which is super awesome. But they're going to basically transform it into a Starfleet Academy experience. So if anyone's familiar with Star Trek, 
Starfleet Academy is where the uh, cadets. Everyone who's in Starfleet is military. Starfleet Academy is the train is the military training facility they all come from. So Deep Space Nine, the majority of those came from Starfleet. Voyager, they were Starfleet officers. Next Generation, the original series, all came from Starfleet. You too can be one of the few. The proud. If they're going to make a U2 reference, I was I'm like, so excited Bono about have to do <laughs> No, no, no. You know Sorry. where I was going. Yeah, all right. I, I'll be first in line. I Holding love, Pat's hand. We'll be first in line. I love the concept of this. I wonder if they'll have an actor playing Boothby, though. Oh, my God. Would you 2 still line up for this if they're handing everyone red shirts? Is it Next Generation? Because then, yes. Oh, is it Next Generation Season 3 through blank? Because they still make... It's right. a but conundrum, right? It because it's like, really all right, is. you can be part of the set and play around with these knobs and whistles, well, but yeah. here's a red shirt you have to wear. Yeah, if you said gold shirts and talk about Next Generation, then, yeah, we're hosed. Yeah, because red, red shirts become command in Next Generation, which I think was just them messing with the fans to be like, try making red shirt jokes now, but then they totally just like keep killing well, off well, red shirt characters anyway. So. You 50th anniversary, so it's definitely going to be the older set, right? Um, not, necessarily. not necessarily. No, that's like saying Star Wars. You don't reference Episode Four and only Episode Four. You say Star Wars, that encompasses everything. Well, We're talking Star Trek, that encompasses everything too. And is it just the you know the original from 50 years ago? Well, we don't or? have that information. From yet, yeah, but. from what I've gotten, they do mention the different uniform classes, which exist in different forms. And over the years in the different series, the shirt colors changed. Except so, science. Shout out for science. No, blue. no, you're, you're right. Science ch- kind of changed color, though. It went from like legit periwinkle blue to a more turquoise-ish blue. You have a great eye for blue. science uniforms, Pat. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I pay attention. Is is there any color that's safe? No, because Wesley, depending on the Wesley's they, sweater. Wesley's sweater. Wesley's sweater is safe. <laughs> yes, people will just hate you for being annoying, but they won't actually hurt you. But uh, gold used to be command, and then command, and then gold became engineering. And technical. Wow, what red, a geeky red conversation on this show. My no, God. not a bit. Who expected You were on the geek down here on WEMFradio.com. <laughs> Mike is enthralled, gripping, white-knuckled at the, <laughs> at the edge of his seat. So right much now. so that he left. No. <laughs> he, he couldn't. He's breathing into a bag. You can see him through the glass. Plastic bag. Anyways, the story, <gasps> just to commemorate the anniversary of Star Trek, because it does turn 50 so this awesome. year. So awesome. You know, I'll I give a fun have... Star Trek fact for uh, those out there in Radioland. Mm-hmm. So for those who participate in online fandom, and enjoy shipping. Mm-hmm. The term actually originated with Star Trek fan fiction zines in the uh, 60s and 70s and was originally from Kirk and Spock being paired together nice. in a ship. It's awesome. I love Star Trek and everything it represents outside of the immediate show. And I'm glad that exhibitions like this happen on anniversaries. It's just like this is something that's not sponsored by some corporate operation. There's no ulterior motives here. It's just purely if you're a fan, you'll appreciate it. If you know people that aren't fans but are into sci-fi, they can find something just plain cool to do that's sci-fi related. And it's at an air and space museum. And it's at an air and space museum. Not only at the air and space museum, they're also doing several other installments around the same time. It's a major nationwide um, exhibition, which is freaking cool. Because uh, the Javits Center, in New York, yeah, different places around the country, uh, in Houston, I'm, uh, Houston, in L.A., in uh, New Orleans, in D.C. I don't think I saw anything here in Boston, but I can double check because if it's that widespread, people can just come to my house. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. You're I'll welcome. Just ha- I'll just host one in my living room. It's You're cool. welcome. At Amy McCobbs, formerly Ten Ford. Um, <laughs> take, we got to get a new name for the new place. We'll oh, see. Quarks. 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 I could actually get behind naming my new apartment after Quarks. Nice. There's there's enough squabbles that go on there that emulate such things. Nice. I don't have any Dabo tables though. Okay, we'll get you one of those Guinan headdresses. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. So two people it's, out there laughed, Pat. Hey, I did that for those two people and those two people. 
are true geek down fans. <laughs> All right, so it's the Intrepid Air and Space Museum in New York City. Uh, check it out. It'll be in the weeks of September 4th through 9th. Also, Google Star Trek 50th anniversary exhibition uh, for the other locations because I believe stuff is going on the entire month. But that's not the only thing that happened that's Hollywood-related, because, Adam, I believe you have some inside information, the inside stuff, if you will, on the Sundance Film Festival that happens every year around this time in prestigious Hollywood, California, where the glitz and glamour of the You mean Salt Lake City, Utah? It's like Hollywood with scarves, oh, I, I guess. Well, dude, I don't know these things. You act like I watch movies, please. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I forgot. You. Yeah, you're not involved in any of this. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say inside stuff, because I wasn't there, but yeah, I get the full uh, listicle rundown of... Of, of all the winners and stuff they named. Mm-hmm. And it's there was, a, there was long... a slap fight between um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Lady Gaga. Was that Lady DiCaprio don't show up to these, man. Oh, okay. He's, yeah. he's on his Oscar campaign, red, red oh, carpeting well, right I now, thought so. after the Golden Globes, man, he'd want to go to Sundance with his friend the bear. <laughs> the bear's already there, yeah. Like, <laughs> took his week off, yeah. No, uh, this is a big uh, festival. It's gotten bigger every year, and it's such a great thing because it's one of the acclaimed uh, festival right here in the United States. Usually, it's uh, you know like Cannes Film Festival or you know, Berlin or you know uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. and so this is one right here in you know our backyard, which is kind of you know it launches always a bunch of movies every year that you tend to do uh, really well in terms of like staying power with in the industry and everything. So here's yeah, some of the biggest movies I, I remember seeing came from Sundance, and even. We hear about events happening when it comes to film festivals. Uh, the first name that comes to mind is Sundance. Yeah. Cons, maybe second. But Sundance is the film festival. Well, especially for Americans and stuff like that, because it's one where we're going to see all these films. They're mm-hmm. all like in American films. They have each distribution throughout Dude, you know, the likely, country. Man. So so a couple of big ones. The big awards are the Grand Jury Prize and the the Audience Awards. And those are, they give awards to documentary and, you know, dramatic. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Grand Jury Prize for documentary went to uh, the Anthony Weiner uh, documentary. He uh, followed his mayoral campaign. Mm-hmm. And it shows about his fall for grace and stuff career. like that. Yeah, so... Yeah, great name. And Wiener, they couldn't come up with something better. I guess it kind of attracts. Okay. So they got Wiener and Wiener Dog both in the same year at the Sunday. That's just unfortunate timing. <laughs> the prize for dramatic was went to uh, Birth of a Nation, which is kind of a film that's making a lot of waves right now. I'll get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. World Cinema Grand Jury Prize for documentary goes to Sanita from Germany. Dramatic goes to Sandstorm from Israel. The Audience Award for documentary went to the James Foley story. Of course, this one's about uh, the public execution of the American conflict journalist, Jim Foley, mm-hmm. when uh, I, he was captured by action and he was famously beheaded. Yeah, and no, it's I... supposed to be a really powerful, kind of moving documentary, uh, of course, as you would expect. And if the Audience Award for Dramatic, again, went to Birth of a Nation, so it kind of swept. So this is kind of a, a big deal. And that'll kind of lead me to what I'm kind of anticipating seeing most in uh, number one would have to be Birth of a Nation. It's uh, Yeah, break uh, that down for us, because the name because, itself carries sure, and knows film. For everyone who knows a, film, it, it, it takes its name from D.W. Griffith, the first the great American film director, and it's, it's a play on his uh, film, which is a very racist horrible kind of depiction of black people from 1915 and Mm -hmm. this is directed by Nate Parker and it tells the story of Nat Turner about a slave uprising so this is about taking that name Birth of a Nation back from this slave movie that it wasn't a good representation of black people and this movie famously just uh, was sold to Fox for 17.5 million dollars which is the biggest deal ever in the history of Sundance and so this is this is going to be a big movie they sold to Fox opposed to um 
Netflix. I think Netflix wanted to buy it as well. Mm. But they took Fox. They want a big theatrical release, and they want to, you know, I think they're going to obviously make a big push for the Oscars and everything like that. This is in the wake of, like, the Oscars so white thing, and this is kind mm. of a, this yeah. is a big deal for, like, this is a representation. Um. Well, the situation with <laughs> Janet Hubert, man. Let's hear, let's hear her come out of mouth with this one. <laughs> like, why doesn't have any black people in Birth of a Nation? They did. It's all black. <laughs> oh, um, uh, well, uh, uh. <laughs> so uh, another one I, uh, was was supposedly uh, as far as critics go and has critically received. Uh, I think Manchester by the Sea was the number one movie at Sundance this year. It's a Kenneth Lonergan film, and he directed the movie Margaret. I don't know if you remember a few years back, kind of made some waves there. But this stars Casey Affleck, and this is a movie about uh, this brother taking care of his nephew after his his brother died. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a movie a lot of like grief-stricken man, you know, trying to handle himself around the Boston area takes place. Another one um, is Swiss Army Man, and I think you'll like this. This is the story of a guy who finds himself on a desert island, is played by Paul Dano. And all of a sudden, this corpse washes to shore. It's so weird. By Daniel Radcliffe is the corpse, and oh. then all of a sudden, he finds this corpse has these explosive farts, <laughs> oh my God. and so he oh. decides to use this corpse like a jet ski to fart his way to Are another island. No, this is real. God, this, this is, is really. Real I, wa- I was looking anyway. This is completely true. And so this movie inspired a lot of walkouts, I guess, but also it, like, a lot of... <laughs> I can't imagine why. But also a lot of people find his it... Surf's quite, on a phrase, his surf's on a fart and body to civilization. But a lot of people find it weirdly touching, if you can get over the fact touching that it's about farts. Just, yeah, I mean, okay, you can't, okay, you can't make... You have I'm, to, you know, watch the film. And the, I mean, just based on that, I'm curious... The, you know what the, I mean? Why they have an inventive smell-o-vision? <laughs> right, yeah. This would be the time, right? Man, it was just I mean, four Daniel, years too late. Daniel Radcliffe is really trying to crawl out of that Harry Potter hole. Sure, he, man. By, by playing a farting corpse? This by is, playing a farting corpse. This doesn't corpse. sound like the I most mean, prestigious role you could go into after If that's not the gateway that. to Olivier, I don't know what is. Of course. It's, equi- it's, 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 it's Harry Potter, Equus, and then the farting corpse in uh, Margaret. What's it called? Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Margaret has nothing to do with farts. <laughs> no, oh, okay, all right. No so that's, farts in Margaret. <laughs> it could have been very progressive. I don't know. Who's to say it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, farty, it's a farting a male's bit, yeah. corpse? No, but I mean, yeah, if you do, you come on. You tell me you're not interested. It's like the movie Rubber that came out. It's like, oh, about this tire that kind of comes to life. And it's a wheeling. It sounds like a college humor like, short, man. It's, yeah, that's sure. what I was about to say. If it was a short, yeah, yeah. definitely catch it. No, <laughs> man. I heard, I mean, this one also a directing Maybe prize. Maybe I, I could have gotten behind it if he found it and the corpse reminded him of life or, or something. He's on a desert How do you know? I mean, that's like, like I you mean, said he rode the farting corpse like a jet ski. <laughs> but of course, yeah, that's not yeah. the only theme of the movie. That's part of it. Like I said, if you can get over that, this movie has other things. Sorry, sure. sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, all right. no, no, you're right, you're right. You have I, to I, look I past the corpse farts sometimes yeah. in life to find the I'm true actually, I'm upset I brought it. this up because you would not appreciate it. You're, <laughs> you're right, Adam. You're right. You know what? I am gassed off my own personal uh, film Dude, that's cheap and you know it. You're better than that. You're better than that pun. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm full of hot air. All this time. <laughs> Are all we right. done? Uh, you get it all out? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. All right. No, this is, this is far too long-winded. Let's wrap it up quick. <laughs>
last movie, if you can handle another Wiener reference, Wiener Dog, like I said. Um, this movie is from, you know Todd Salons. He did Welcome to the Dollhouse all those years ago. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so this is kind of like uh, another movie, obviously, that he directed in that same vein. But this sells this dog through this a bunch of families over the years. And it's obviously a look inside the, uh, the family life of uh, many American families. And, of course, would have his really abstract, awkward way of, of looking at things. And um, anytime Todd Salons comes up in a, when he directs a feature, I'm always interested because it's always kind of this sharp pointed take on American life's but this so, is with a dog. We're watching. Is, well, you're not watching a dog. I mean, it center, centers around a dog going through a bunch of different families over many years. And so it's a kind of look at that. The only thing linking that is this wiener dog going through these families. So it's kind of a look into these families, Absolutely. I believe. That, that so. sounds like, I, I've seen like stories that are done around like an object yeah. or a device, even a home. I've never seen it yeah. done with an animal, with like a pet. Sure, yeah. And this is uh, got really well received. So this is another one I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And I was just like I said, uh, Jim, the Jim Foley story is another one I'm looking forward to. But other than that, man, yeah, I guess it was a really good festival. A lot of really good big deals were made. Manchester by the Sea was, uh, I think, they sold to Amazon for like $10 million. So that'll be a big one that will be out this year that you'll see. So Netflix and Amazon are doing a lot of big things, really trying to buy up a lot of films to like expand their brand. I'm happy to see the festival itself isn't so deep up its own ass that it's uh, not afraid to embrace things like Netflix, yeah. you know, like uh, Amazon um, uh, Video, like Hulu. Yeah, you're seeing yeah. stuff like you know, like yeah. that, like Crackle. I mean, Crackle had uh, was it Joe Dirt Two was just for Crackle. Like yeah, they had those prestigious titles, those high end. But things, it made like it made two billion two million views in like two weeks. You know yeah, what I mean? That's huge Joe for a small Dirt website. Netflix is a beautiful thing. I can get that in my home for a smaller. Not fee. wearing pants. Yeah, not wearing pants. I mean, to be never, fair, technically you don't. don't have to wear pants to the movies either. It's just up to the discretion of the law enforcement. The majority of us get arrested. But when I bring my clothes to fold them, I usually. Oh, it's so, so dark you know. in there. No well, one's for, stopping you from taking <coughs> off your pants. Well, right? it's, it's temperature control, you know. That's why you, I wear the trench coat. Want to buy a sundial? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like, one um, of these days, they're going to let us there, man. They're going to bring. They're going to ask the geek down to come and not. cover this thing. No, they're, they not. they're not. They're not. They know, you, they, they know they, your aversion to the cold, my friend. They but, don't like it. Well, by the time they do, I hope we're too big. <laughs> too big <laughs> for the, Sundance? The, the little operation like Sundance. <laughs> the small, fledgling <laughs> Sundance. What's that? More like moon. Robert Redford. Moon prance. More like moon. A latte on my lap. Yeah, more like moon wallflower. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so I'm looking across the table of a man, just Johnny. You've got some game reviews you want to lay on us, my friend. That I do, that I do. Right. So I uh, got a couple of game reviews for a game called Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Oh, man, that sounds sexy. <laughs> it is not sexy. Oh. But it's a great game. It really plays heavy into the lovers thing. So the premise of the game is you're in outer space and everyone's happy and they're all in love with each other and there's hearts everywhere and just tie-dye colors, pinks and greens and reds and purples and blues. The color of love is everywhere. If Jimi Hendrix was still alive, he'd be so happy that there's this power of love video game that, that exists. Okay, if you don't mean Huey Lewis? <laughs> That's no. the power of love. That's the power dun, of love. Dun, dun, dun. That's the power of love. No, no, no. Jimi Hendrix a has, a, has a power of love okay. song. Okay, I can see that now. The, the, we all the know you're more of a Huey fan, right? Who is it? Besides communists. I'm behind you, buddy. People who hate America. You. Mm-hmm. Pat, do you have to return some videotape? So so this right, okay. loveliness I've, I've doesn't seen, last. I've seen a new drug, that's all. Uh, so this loveliness <laughs> doesn't, doesn't last forever. This evil... I guess negativity or whatever just puts a uh, reins on on the parade of everyone in this this lovers galaxy. 
and it's up to you to recuperate these uh, these reactor drives. There's four of them spread across the galaxy, and you have to recover them in order to restore love back to the galaxy and make everyone happy and all that. All right, so that's the premise. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. They took it a little bit too serious at the very beginning. It sounds like something that would be made by, um, who made Battle Block Theater? Battle Block Theater. Yeah, because it sounds, it sounds like that kind of game. Do you know Battle Block Theater? No, I don't. Oh, okay. They're the same people. Um, dang it. Who, they make those uh, the games with like the uh, the puzzle figures. They look a lot like the uh, the Dave. Uh, is it Stevens? Mike, help me out. My anus is bleeding. <laughs> Don Hertzfeld. Don Hertzfeld. Thank you. They look a lot help like the Don Hertzfeld. My anus is bleeding. That's, that's, <laughs> my anus I'm so cutting that. <laughs> there could be a relation. There could be. But. All right. Well, they're very cutesy uh, kitty games, but they're yep. appreciated by older audiences because the writing's just so damn clever. It sounds like that's what they got you with, or oh. didn't, get, or tried to get you with. Maybe. So it's not clever. There is there isn't much there, right? They're going off of uh, as far as the story is concerned. They're they're going working with almost nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that they took it a little bit too serious. It's a very ridiculous premise. And they just took that ridiculous premise, storyline-wise, and just made it a bit serious. Well, that can that can work out sometimes. Look at uh, look at Grim Fandango. Sure. Oh man, that's like one of the best games ever. Yeah, ridiculous concept. That, that that's well executed, and in this one, they, they don't even go that angle, so it's not even. All right. Well, what 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 didn't do okay. it for you? Because it's kind of ambiguous, but I kind of want to know now. So, what the game actually is for gameplay is that it's you and your partner. Now, this is this game is meant to be played co-op, mm-hmm. but if you're not co-op, they do have a single-player feature. So, instead of you and your your lover, your partner, mm-hmm. it's you and your pet, and your pet could be either a dog or a cat or whatever. That's extremely sad. And it's the two of you. <laughs> it's the two of you inside of the spaceship, and uh, there's different components to the spaceship. Like one person can control the engine, and the other person can control one of the many different weapons that are on their ship. But there's about, I think, seven different stations that you can man, and no one can man multiple stations at the same time. So you have to constantly bounce between manning the engine or the shield or uh, the weapon on the right-hand side of the ship or on the north side of the ship. And the other person or the AI that you control, they have you have to coordinate with them and make sure that they're putting up the shields on the left-hand side if there's enemies attacking you from the left-hand side, et cetera, et cetera. So you're in a spaceship, and it's this 2D game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not 3D or anything like that, and you're moving around almost like a uh, like a space shooter, like an R-Type or a Gladius or something like that, except uh, you're in this world environment, so you're free-moving wherever it is that you please, and you're exploring in these levels and trying to uh, recover these lover bunny rabbit things whatever it's weird but yeah but the that but that's with, with no with the with I'm, I'm i see where they're going with it it's like it's you're working together your lovers out in space you're yes. fighting off uh it's tandem play where you're fighting off uh enemy forces yep. and then there's bunnies i think we all know what that means okay so <laughs> yes. when do we get to the gratuitous sex uh, there, there is <laughs> it's the only question that matters to be honest with you. yeah seriously i'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it to, wait wait there there's there, what there's no gratuitous sex. Um, unless the uh, when you get all the bunnies, there's you have no this, idea how much you've upset Amy right now. You go into a a, a wormhole <laughs> that's in the shape of a heart. So I don't. know. Maybe that's it. So it's like the end of Legend of Korra. Then okay, I can think. Um, no, I saw the I saw the extended cut on YouTube. They got down. Uh, okay, so it sounds like despite the cornball aspect of how they try to drive this home in the first few minutes and maybe they get a little too into themselves. No pun intended. It didn't sound like you had a bad time. It just sounded like this was unexpected, right? 
It was definitely unexpected. Uh, I kind of thought it would be a good game. Um, and then when the first five minutes played through, I was definitely put off by the seriousness of a very ridiculous uh, presentation of the game. But after that, when the gameplay kicked in, you're just flying around, doing these levels, and trying to collect everything and try to prevent your ship from blowing up. It's very uh, fun and interesting, and I had to play it by myself, so I can only imagine it's going to get way better if you're playing with someone else. Okay, see, there you go. If you don't play it like Johnny did with just him and his lover being his hand, it sounds like it'll be a fun game. That was about using controllers and mice, not yeah, about sure anything else. <laughs> okay, so you would, yeah. would you actually recommend this then, Johnny? I would definitely recommend it. It's uh, So the multiplayer has to be local multiplayer only, so you can't play with someone online or anything like that. Well, it's not always a bad thing if you have someone there. Yeah. And you definitely, if you're playing on PC, you should definitely use a controller, some sort of plug-in controller. Uh, otherwise, it's available on Steam, on Linux, on Windows, on um, uh, Mac. It's available on PS4 uh, in, I think, in a couple days or next week or something like that. And it's available right now also on Xbox One. So it's pretty much available on everything. Cool, cool. For, wait, 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 wait. Ooh, yeah. No. Oh, see, shh, come on, man. You got to cover those dead sorry. systems. I'm sorry. Ooh, has gone the way of Engage now, <laughs> so we can't really. I'll, I'll try to port it to that to that system next. All right. And you've got one more for us. <laughs> I do have another one. So uh, the other game is one called Darkest Dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing game. It's uh, Lovecraft and XCOM. They had a love child, and oh, it's man. called you Darkest Dungeon. You had me at Lovecraft. You lost me at XCOM. <laughs> You, all right, so it's XCOM without the crazy complexity. So, yes, you are uh, recruiting these heroes, mm-hmm. and you are fit, outfitting them, setting their skills, and then having them embark on this quest. Mm-hmm. And uh, the quest itself is you're going through this dungeon. It's procedurally generated, so it's very much like a roguelike in that sense. So, um, and there's also permadeath. So if your heroes die, they're de- they're dead forever. Uh, but if they survive and if they live, they take all the loot with them that you've collected going through this quest dungeon, mm-hmm. uh, and you bring it back to town and you upgrade various aspects of your town, recruit new heroes, uh, improve the stats, uh, the gear of your current heroes, and then you sort of repeat that. Now the main hook of this game, mm-hmm. if that wasn't good enough already, which it is, is that there's this uh, sandy... Like, hey, I want more out of my <laughs> uh, multi-game uh, genre yes. inclusive games. There, There is a sanity system that's built into the game. So as your heroes are going through these dungeons, they'll actually uh, become uh, mad. And if they're... If, if they go full... Like they go nuts? They, they do go, go nuts. They, they go insane. The and if their madness builds up all the way... <laughs> madness... <laughs> And if their madness builds up all the way, uh, they develop a—I um, forgot the word for it—but uh, reaverism. Yes, I didn't realize no. they were making like a documentary game based on my life. Uh, well, you haven't—you haven't become a reaver yet. You've still got your tongue in one piece. <laughs> I mean, I am a servant of the blind idiot god. I have no idea who that who's is. Who's vegan? <laughs> All right, that was like five references, Johnny. I don't think you got any. I, I didn't get any <laughs> of those. I'm I sorry. Love, that was a Lovecraft <laughs> reference. Thank you. Oh uh, well, no, I, I made I made Firefly. I made okay. We're cutting a new time. So I'm yep. sorry. Go for it. So, this is your time. So the, they'll develop this uh, permanent uh, insanity effect where, uh, for instance, uh, one of your your hero members will be, uh, will become abusive, and they'll start. Uh, uh, abusing their own party members and treating them really bad or even hurting them or uh, skipping their turns, preventing you from controlling them directly. So there's uh, once that happens, like 
like the game really gets difficult and you really have to decide whether to pull out uh, from that particular dungeon if you haven't even completed the main quest part of it or not. So there's a lot of decision making you have to play and a lot of management of of these insanity effects that are uh, going on right, through I'm, the game. So I'm, very I'm, interesting game. I'm pretty sure Adam and I are more fans of like of classic like movies and war movies hmm. than you are, but I'm getting I'm getting a sense of like uh, of Dirty Dozen from that. Sounds a bit like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually kind of freaking cool. Dirty Dozen, a little bit of great escape in the um, in the aspect of the different personalities of your units. Yeah. And then being able to build them up and then go back, but Permadeath, like, sucks. Permadeath does suck, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of Hamburger Hill. Dude, this is, like, very... Wow, well, Hamburger Hill right there. Yes. Yeah. It is an amazing game. It's a... Uh, 2D gameplay, uh, so it's all side-scrolling. It doesn't require much. You can play the entire game with just the mouse. Uh, so it's not uh, it's not reflex-based as far as the gameplay is concerned. So you can take your time, think things through, uh, and it's very tactical, RPG, turn-based style combat. So really good game. All right. I'm actually not familiar with this, but I kind of want to check it out now, man. Yep. It's uh, available on Steam, on PC, uh, and it's available for twenty dollars, and it's definitely the best recommendation I can I can give out for a game that came out this year. Right, uh, I was, so was, was kind of ready to clown this when I first read the description. Now I, I I'm I'm genuinely interested. Damn. No, this game is is really amazing. I've been playing this game since it was in early access, uh, which started sometime early last year, mm-hmm. and it just came out uh, I think this week, a week ago, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it's fantastic and. Just, just from just from what they had a year ago mm-hmm. was so well polished and so well implemented, and then all the additional stuff that they tacked on. Amazing, amazing game. Really right. good. Damn, Darkest Dungeon. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Shout out to the voice actor. That guy is amazing. You're they welcome. got they got the <laughs> they got the, I get. <laughs> they got the voice actor that did um uh he did the audiobooks for Lovecraft. Oh really? And they got him to voice. Uh, it's hard to explain. Just as you're doing stuff in the dungeon, you'll hear this voice like like narrate the things that are happening. It is amazing. If I could just get this guy's voice, put it, listen to it while I'm sleeping, attach it to your spirit animal, yeah. and have it follow you around. Yeah. Well, it didn't get any better than uh, it is super than Don awesome. Lafontaine. Yep. <laughs> in a world where dungeons were dark, matter, who's that guy who did children's book? That's actually pretty close. You're doing yeah. you're doing a real good yeah, job there. We could just hire you. No, no, they do the work. Dude, they, that you in know that guy like was when, king. When he was like at, at his peak, he was like going around to like six gigs a day, just getting driven around in this limo, like yeah, going but, and doing like takes and like man. you do it like one take and be like, "That's all you need, right?" They're like, "Yeah, nailed it." He's like, "I know." We'll just like all. drift off, like turns to dust and blows away. <laughs> I will practice every day, hone my craft, and then if you will pay me thirty thousand dollars a minute, I will happily take up that. Right? Money. You know, I'll you pay was, you five bucks and a sandwich to record my voicemail. Um, will the bread be gluten free? <laughs> of course, because <laughs> he does have a problem. That. <laughs> no, any game that to go back to his game review. Uh, any yeah, yeah. game that that sounds like the Dirty Dozen to me is good. It's funny because Dude, I've actually did. seen that movie that twice this past month because I have a buddy who drinks a lot and when he goes through like major benders, he wants to watch that movie all the time. And so I've hung out with him twice, and he was like, dragging me. So I was like, dude, let's watch Dirty Dozen. I'm like, dude, have we seen that movie like a thousand times? I'm gonna put it off for a minute. Wait, do you mean to say you can get tired? 
of the dirty t- <laughs> Adam, please. I'm not saying I got tired. I'm just saying I've seen it. Uh, I've hit my quota for the month, anyways. All right, all right. You change the bullet, and then you go back. <laughs> or you even better, you change the towering inferno. So you get not only the greatness of Steve McQueen, but the classic acting of one Mr. O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Back when it's a, it's a Cassavetes. <laughs> I'm a Cassavetes fan. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. My favorite part of that movie is you have Robert Culp. When he and his, when he and the girl uh, get trapped after uh, after getting down in the hotel room, everything else is on fire. He's like, "I'm gonna run for safety." Like, hey, but eh, eh, the hallway's on fire. Are you nuts? The room is on fire. We can't. Go, we're in the back. We're 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 gonna die. He's like, please. I used to run the hundred and eight flat. <laughs> he, t- he takes a hand Which is towel. Definitely a lie. It, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he takes a hand towel, puts it over his head like that's gonna protect him from the blaze around him. Takes two steps out of the room. Immediately, his I'm guessing uh, Naga hide suit goes up, <laughs> and then he's just <laughs> Naga. He's just I'll save us. <laughs> and it's this, it's this, it's this flaming like uh, juggernaut walking, like like lumbering through oh the hotel room. Do you remember in Street Fighter when like Bison when when uh, when uh, Bison when, would throw the punches yeah. and it'd be like flame punches? Yeah, yeah. when you, when uh, when Dalsim would hit you with the yoga fire flame and your oh, entire yeah. body would be that was him oh, walking through this hotel room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he just falls. There's your hero, lady. All right, all right, all right. Um, get my rubber cup digs in now. Yeah. <laughs> we. Yeah, we still have more show for you, oh, fine man. feathered fiends. Uh, Amy McCobb, a situation yeah. has recently gone down about Yeah, I'm Katsu real salty. Kai. Well, <laughs> give us the lowdown. Lay it I'm, on us. I'm just a wasteland of salt. All right. You've got the stage. Oh, so, Spout it. I, and then you can I'm just going to preface this with... I'm going to preface this with... Which I... <laughs> I'm Must we go back to that? <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, I love Katsukon. It's it's a anime convention. It's on the East Coast. It's at the Gaylord National Harbor, currently in Maryland. It's a wonderful convention. Someone's head has fallen off at this convention. Someone is a chicken without a head. Okay. Because here's what's going on. They have implemented a new practice where if you wish to run a panel, you have to have what they are calling a panelist badge. Mm. Now, this in itself is not a bad idea. What they're doing is it costs $40, and anyone running a panel, anyone at all, has to register for a panelist badge for a purchase of $40. Now, that is a half-price discount for those who are regular convention attendees. Mm. There's nothing wrong with this inherently if it were perhaps... $15 $15 maybe as an additional pay or something or a small fee to run a panel but this is a $40 badge now I being a part of this lovely you know program that I'm on right now I'm a member of the press I'm a member of the media who goes to this convention to report back on it to you know spread the gospel of the anime ways yes and we and here on Larry King Live appreciate your <laughs> contributions basically now, badges we don't need no if, stinking badges well yeah. here's the thing you need stinking badges mm. Even if you are press, if you are an exhibitor or vendor, meaning you've already paid for space to sell your wares, or if you are a performer. Now, an example of this is there's a group called Cosplay Burlesque that puts on a show every year at Katsukon. Mm-hmm. I, Katsukon I know them very rousing. Katsukon is requiring each and every performer to purchase a $40 panelist badge. Individual, like, Individually. As, as the group? No. No. The- each person on a badge, on a panel, excuse me, has to purchase a badge. So if, so if you have people seven on people on a panel, each one has to purchase a badge. I and mean, this has never happened before. This is, ne- never. this is unprecedented. And my frustration with this, forget press, forget myself. If you are a vendor or exhibitor, if you are someone in Artist Alley or in the dealer's room who has already paid for convention space, hmm. 
you still have to buy a $40 badge. Now, I contacted the head of of live programming Mm -hmm. and said, so basically I have to pay for the privilege of presenting a one-hour panel at this convention. And I was informed by their head of communications that, quote-unquote, a press pass and a panelist badge grant different privileges. So in order to comply with the rules of running a panel, I would have to purchase a separate badge. Even though you already have a badge. Even though I have already been issued a badge via the press media department Mm -hmm. that I still have to purchase a separate badge for the privilege of presenting a one-hour presentation. That just screams a gouging to me. Here's what what pisses me off about the the, the nickel and dime nature of this. It's that the people who run the panels are providing free content for the convention. The people who run the panels are basically working for the convention for nothing. Mm. And I understand... And you have to pay. And you have to pay. And now, you're paying, now, I, you're paying I understand the logic of them I pay saying Adam to do the show. Essentially, I've got nothing you're renting nothing. space to do your presentation. I understand from the convention standpoint, it's mm. saying you're paying this money so that you can present your fan-based whatever for the convention. But I'm someone that's run panels for about 15 years. And I, you know, to toot my own horn, run a pretty, you know, popular panel, Girls Guide to Hentai. That people look forward to. And when do you stop running the Young Republicans Guide to I know. Anime? Young, Young Republicans <laughs> Guide to Anime. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, um, excuse me, I have to remain nonpartisan. So, oh. uh, I mean, joking aside, next year, Ralph. My frustration in, in this is simple. It's not that I feel people who have badges already should be granted special privileges. It's the fact that they are requiring people who are already spending quite a bit of money at this convention to pay more to work for the convention. If the convention is trying to raise money, if they find that they need, you know, whatever money they need to do this increase to cover costs, they could do what a lot of conventions do and make even more money raising the cost of a badge, even $5 each. This is a 20,000-person convention. If they raise the price of a badge $5 each, they'd be making a hefty chunk of change. A lot more, I would presume, than the amount they're making from raising these panelist badges. Well, if it's that popular a, a convention, what evidence is there that they may have they, they may have? Now, like, this is conjecture. Mm-hmm. I just cannot imagine what is prompting a convention. Now, remember, I am not a casual convention attendee. I go to upwards of 6 to 10 a year, mm-hmm. truly. I, in this upcoming month alone, I'm going to two conventions. And never in my life has there been a convention charging for people to present the panels at the convention. And I find it insulting. Because, again, these are the people providing the content to the convention. And the idea that you have to pay in addition to what you already have to present you know, your fandom, whatever, even you know, New York Comic Con does not require its panelists to pay for space. So this is just, you know, Oticon does not require panelists to pay for space. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering... Although Shady Practice Con does require... Where this comes from. I I just can't imagine... To me, as someone, again, who has presented panels for many years under a large variety of topics, it's something Mm -hmm. I truly love. It feels off-putting and demeaning to say to the people who have been doing this for so many years, many of whom also... Who goes to conventions predominantly? Teenagers, college students who are already scrimping and saving to attend these conventions to say to them, all right, so now you have to pay extra money 
Because even this is a practice that was just implemented. So what they, they sent this email that was very convoluted saying that if you have already purchased your badge for the convention, you still have to buy a separate panelist badge and then put in for a refund. See, that's what seems real shaded to me. Exactly. The fact that they already had you, uh, well, they already had the presenters um, basically within the net. You were already invested partially. Yeah. And then they spring a new charge on you. These these panels were just accepted a week ago. This is this is very new. I mean, the convention is next week. They only just accepted the panels. Many people are learning about this panelist badge nonsense for the first time. And uh, I look forward to seeing how this plays out at the convention. Again, is it just panelists? That is a nightmare. Yeah. Exactly. That's going to be terrible because you know how many cancellations people are going to do? I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing how And then how they're going to have to out. reprint their, their uh, schedule brochure Oh, you're thing? implying that Katsukon prints their schedule before five minutes before the convention. <laughs> I mean... It's, I'm pretty sure we're lucky it's not written on crayon. Now, I, here's the thing. I truly enjoy Katsukon. I find it to be one of the more engaging and interesting conventions with great mm-hmm. content. But where does that content come from? The very people they're now charging for the privilege to present. And they're also charging the performers, which is exactly. crazy. You don't charge the people that are providing the professional content. Well, they consider oh. them a panel, according to Katsukon, uh, You know, geek burlesque, uh, it, it, cosplay burlesque is a panel. Yeah. You, right, you well, don't you don't just, implement something like this this late at, into the stage. I'm, of I'm it. just wondering how it's going to all play out. I look forward to seeing what happens. The convention is uh, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And again, no shade or shame on the actual convention itself. I've had many, many years of very positive experiences, and that's why this really caught me off guard. Yeah, all right, well, I'm just, with you uh, just, just to drive it home, then yeah. uh, con- uh, pure speculation here. Uh, do you think this could be? Possibly them taking advantage of a situation, or could it be the sign of possibly an unsettling and unpopular, but growing trend in the in the uh, convention. Community. Unfortunately, I am wondering and curious if this is going to be a growing trend. Conventions are getting larger and larger and more popular, especially as cosplay moves into the cultural eye. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this is something that we will see more of, especially as the congestion at conventions gets higher. Katsukon, only maybe five, six years ago, was not as enormous as it now. As I said, it's a 20,000-person convention, if not more. Yeah. New York Comic Con is another perfect example of something that, you know, just five years ago was quite large, and now it's pushing, it's larger than San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. And so there is money to be made in fandoms. There is money to be made from, you know, the, for lack of a better term, the pockets of nerds. And I, for one, truly hope that this is not the beginning of a disturbing trend, though unfortunately, being pragmatic, it most likely is. Okay. Um, I'm honestly surprised to hear that, because I've heard nothing but good things about Katsukon, especially from same. you. Same. It's my favorite convention, it's, and it was my favorite yeah. convention to you present this knew Maryland panel. was a little same. shady, though. Yeah. Same with me. You know? Well, I mean, I've been watching this documentary, The Wire. <laughs> yeah, they got a bad track record with us. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, I for for anyone from Katsukon listening, I'm greatly looking forward to this convention and truly hope to be proven wrong by this move. But I will not be presenting my panel, and uh, especially like I said, they 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 did not respond to me politely. I received quite a nasty response to my inquiry about. The forty dollars charge. You want to throw us Yeah, names? you know, screw me. Yeah. No, no. Let's okay. drag them. You know, right, we're good. All right. <laughs> all right. This time, you got off easy, Katsukon. We'll be watching you. All right. Uh, we are winding down here on the Geek Down. Um, we wanted to get to a couple more reviews. We don't really have the time, unfortunately, unless uh, someone, someone wants to cram something in the next thirty seconds. Anybody? 
Uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time is $15, in case I forgot that one. Yeah, you talked about that one, man. It's <laughs> sound. Oop. Darkest Dungeon, not multiplayer. Also, $15 is the Satanic Birthday Bacchanalia this Friday at Once Lounge at Cuisine and Locale. Look at these come plugs. Wor- I love come it. Come worship, yeah. worship the one devil with shameless, me for my birthday. One more, one more shameless. shameless than the last. <laughs> oh, well, honey, everything I do is shameless. Uh. <sighs> Nasty. Well said. Um, I will, can I? Can I? Very quick. We have uh, two minutes. I I saw the movie Carol. Mm-hmm. It's it's yes. playing, it's playing at Coolidge. It's it's the best movie I have seen. Yes. in a long, long, long time. It's uh, Todd Haynes, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Sarah Paulson. Uh, Kyle Chandler, if those names don't want to make you go out and see this movie, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is so good. It's 1950s set, and it's about two women who uh, uh, it's, are attracted to each other. They oh, go yeah. on this road. They go, they go on this road trip, and this is against the conventional norms of the time. And there's so much about this movie that I can't really describe because it won't do it any justice. It's told through these subtle glances and looks. And what's implied more than what is really shown, and it's just a beautiful movie. It's fantastic. It's up for a bunch of Oscars. So please go see this while it's out there. It's at the Coolidge, and that and there you go. That's all I could. Yeah, it's an incredible queer love story that it never feels pandering in any way. It doesn't. It's so subtle. It's just so classy. It's such a. It's a. It's a beautiful movie. A beautiful story. So yeah. And also one thing I got from the trailers, which I know you, I know specifically, you can go on YouTube and look up the extended scenes. It has been released to the public. You want to see someone just spit some game. Mm. Like just on straight pimp status. Kate Blanchett has Rooney Mara eating out of her hand. And I myself have never been this smooth in line. You're talking you're talking talking about a man with this voice, ladies. (laughs) And still, she looks at her across the table and it's just like smolder. Yes. All right. Beautiful. You wanna you wanna up your game. You want to work the techniques. You want to. Pr- oh, actually, no. I'm, I'm. This is the wrong angle. No, you want to see a very well produced bit of cinema, a very prestigious film. Check out Carol. It's in. We theaters. just said classy, Pat. Hey, hey, hey! hey. I know what. I know class, what. I, like I know what I'm going, going out of the for. I'm taking notes. All right. But the movie's called Carol, starring Kate Blanchett, Rooney starring Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara, yeah. who, who I haven't actually seen. The girl since, in the um, dragon tattoo. Probably, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, looking she's, at she's moving around. She's doing some good things, yeah. Doing good things. Great positions. Um, what? Oh, yeah. This has been the Geek Down here on WEMF <laughs> Radio. <laughs> Brought to you by CS. <laughs> Brought to you by CSJ Promotions. Check them out online and see what they've got cooking. CSJ Promotions. At, on Facebook, actually, damn it, I I, I do it backwards. Yeah. Facebook slash Facebook dot com slash CSJ Promotions, and also out of the blue gallery right here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Check them out at uh, right right on Mass Ave. Right on Mass Ave. But hit them up at out of the blue gallery dot com, and also continue listening to us right here on WEMFRadio.com. This has been the Geek Down every Monday night nine p.m. and other rebroadcasts, which you can hear at WEMFRadio.com. Until then, you have anything you uh, want to discuss? You heard some good tidbits on this site. You want to find out the deep down inside information on Katsukon. Hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at The Geek Down or find us at geek-down.com. Until then, I have been Pat B. Looking to my left, my main man, Black Adam. Yes, sir. Good doing time with you. As always, it's been a pleasure, my friend. All right. The man himself is just Johnny. You. The man himself is also Amy McCobb. Of course. And also looking over <laughs> DJ Mikey Mike. Yep, see Turbo Kid. Uh, Turbo yes, see Turbo Kid. <laughs> you heard the man. Do it. Now, do it. What are you waiting for?
Why do you wait? Kill me, I'm here. All right, this has been the Geek Down. We'll catch you all next week. Until then, be excellent to each other. Peace.